0: Our football players want to play, the coaches want to coach, we want to play football this year at
1: the University of Nebraska. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Hunky,
2: Mac, and Boomer. Welcome
1: to the
3: Go Big Redcast, I'm your host David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer.
1: Well, Dave's starting with me tonight because unfortunately, uh, Mac and Honky are looking into the uh, possibility of spring podcasting for our, for our immediate future. So, they, we may be hearing from them later, later on this year or who knows when, the way the big time works. I believe
3: both of them have gone into like this, like, uh, self-cleanse hermit phase of their lives where they're just going to go into a cave of some sort, Southeast Nebraska, and not come out
2: until, uh, 2021. I think they're done with this year, as far as I can tell. Also, a skip. I don't have uh, much to say right now, so you can go ahead and just call me Kevin Warren or Mark Emmert for this podcast.
3: (laughs) If you can dodge my questions
0: as well as as Kevin Warren, I'll be impressed, Skip. Uh, I'm also with uh, Rob. You know, I started weaning myself off of the uh, Aussie Rules football because I thought, hey, we're going to start getting some... College football going on here real soon. So now I am actually going to be looking in to the American Cornhole League championship mm. series where there's over $150,000 in payouts. And it starts August 4th through 9th. Oh, wait, I missed it. <laughs> Too
3: late. Too late. Things happen in a flash uh, here in the sports world in 2020. And, you know, just a week ago, we were excited with a brand new Big Ten schedule that had 10 Conference-only games for our beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers starting in Rutgers on September 5th. And then something boomer dramatically happened um, in between that reveal and uh, yesterday when uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren announced that uh, the Big Ten is postponing all fall sports. That, uh, yes, does include women's volleyball um, till, um 2021. They will attempt to play in the spring However, you like to think that will play out, um, Boomer. What are your uh, your thoughts on on this in general? It's uh, it was a tough day for me. You wanted to do the show last night, and I just didn't have. I, I was too ang- angry at that point. I, I'm still now. I'm, I don't know what level of like you know like like I'm in a, in a some sort of depression slash loneliness at this point. Uh, but um, I'm not as angry uh, angry as I once was. But
1: um there's a lot of emotions yesterday yeah i think you're at a stage four depression on the uh, ah, levels of levels four. of grief there dave so just just great you know on that um now it, it was yesterday was a tough day you know the first thing i just want to say is just how awful i feel for the players and the coaches that have put time into this and have spent how many months is it planning to play and then doing all the things they were supposed to be able to do with doing the testing doing you know establishing protocols, following those things. And, you know, from all accounts, you know, we're not Rutgers. Things were going well here at Nebraska. You know, we were doing the right things. And then, you know, to come so close to you and have schedules and things put out, then have all that jerked away from you, you know, just seemingly out of nowhere, that's that's rough. And, you know, some sports I think are going to be able to make a go of it, you know, in the next year, I think volleyball, it seems like the coaches are already kind of working towards a plan for that. That's a sport you should be able to play in the spring. Football, we'll probably discuss that later. That's logistically just gonna be a lot tougher to do, but um, you know, that's just that's just the first thing I wanted to say on that. And then I do not understand the conference, their communication or lack thereof on any of this. Just how do you go from having a schedule out there, just you know, to start September fifth within six days? What changed? Uh, did we ever hear any great example of what changed on that? They say you know some medical stuff. I mean, did something new pop up in six days? How can you not all be on that same page when you release that schedule? Or why don't you release a schedule and say, "Hey, we might push this back to September 26th or something"? When the you know the SEC, or the Big 12 you're starting. You don't know. It it just kind of boggles my mind the approach they took. It just didn't. It doesn't seem like the universities were talking to each other. It doesn't seem like the. The athletic directors and coaches were on the same page with the presidents. I have no idea what the commissioner was doing. The NCAA is just out cashing checks. So that's all they're happy about, <laughs> protecting their phony boomy jobs at this point. It's just nobody seems to be communicating with each other. They hadn't them, even you know. talked
3: about spring football until like two days yeah, ago. Yeah, that
1: was amazing. I saw that in my like really? Stuart Mandel column today.
3: Five Since months. March,
1: yeah, you've known this is a possibility. You've seen the struggles that you know Major League Baseball and the NBA had. We had to cancel March Madness for God's sakes. At no point did anyone think, hey, maybe we should have a backup plan. It it seemed like so many people were just counting on just the sheer inertia. We'd heard how many times people would say, well, there's so much money at stake here. They have to let this happen or it has to go through. I think it seemed everybody was just counting on that. It was it's going to happen. I don't have to make any decisions on this. It'll just happen and now we're at this point. So,
2: yeah. And that and that wasn't just limited to the Big 10 because the Mountain West pulled the 5-day thing and I think Pac 12 is on the same thing. They all released their schedules last week. Uh, the Pac 12 in the Mountain West and within five, six days, they too canceled as though they all got a bit of information that realized, Oh, guess what? We couldn't do this, but they're not sharing that information. If it is, you know, a big, ru- a big rumor out there is, is the liability factor as though some lawyers came into the room and said, Hey, you can't make them sign liability waivers. And also, this is what it could cost you if you played the season and something happened, I, because they all were on the same timeline here.
3: Yeah, it, it does seem odd, and there has been um, these conversations about the the heart issues with I'm going to pronounce that wrong, myocarditis, I believe, um, and that some Big Ten football players who had COVID already have. Of that issue with inflammation of uh, heart tissue, and and long term, uh, you know, ramifications of, of that are, could be significant. So uh, it, it is intriguing though that we have other leagues. The Big Twelve announced last night that they intend to play, and they now have a schedule out. SEC and ACC are holding firm for now. Now they did push that back to September twenty. 20- Six, uh, at least for the SEC, right? And it seemed like uh, the Big Ten could have took other options here, right? They could have delayed for several more weeks, said, "Hey, let's let's try not till October first or something," right, Rob? But they decided to go all in and and, and quote unquote postpone, not delay, um, and and go from there. I, your thoughts on this?
0: Well. It's really hard for me because I'm I'm kind of living a duality in in my life here. Um, my wife has a master's in public health, and so um, I get to, and she still works in the field. And she works in a in a in an area where um, she's seeing the reports every day of the different cases coming in, not only in our area but from a state level, from a national level, etc. So, um, you know, of course, I live in this constant state of paranoia and fear that you know. I depend on my on my parents and my grandparents and, and everybody else to help, you know, raise our family. And, and so I've got that side of logic. And the other side of logic for me is sports. I want to see football. I want to see things happening. Um, I can understand why they canceled from a logic standpoint because so many other things are being canceled and these are like 18 to 22, 23 year old kids that we're talking about. I mean, what's the realistic probability that they're actually going to be able to, to confine themselves for three, four, five months, right? Like I, I have a 19 year old son. I haven't seen him in two months because he refuses to socially distance with his friends. Um, you know, I still talk to him on a regular basis. Um, but at, other than yeah, that, like I, I won't you. let him come around. So, I mean, so I'm conflicted on the whole thing, quite frankly. I want football. I want to see football. I was really looking forward to this season for Nebraska. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, hey, if they can pull off a spring season, I'm not going to be mad because there's still football when there's not going to be football normally and the NFL is still going to be playing. Um, so that's where I'm Without at. Not a bubble. It. that's right and there could be
3: a lot of other college football being played without a bubble potentially I mean that's you know let's talk about some different scenarios here right I mean we have have a an outcome here where right now the big 12 ACC and SEC are saying yep we're going forward but they too could make this decision over the next several weeks um even well into maybe uh, early September um and and pull the plug at least till the spring um there it could be a scenario where those conferences do go forward with a fall schedule and they do have outbreaks that cause issues and potentially a stoppage. Um, or they could potentially play their fall schedule without any significant hiccups um, and, and ultimately potentially contend for a national title with only, you know, I don't know, 30-some teams with a legitimate shot of, of winning
1: it. Um, Was that really different than any other year, though, Dave? I mean, that, honestly, Well, I mean, it's
3: yeah. even a smaller pool of, of candidates. Now, I'm not saying they're legitimate in any means, right? But I'm just saying, I mean, it, it would be very unusual if if that's, you know, uh, how we play out because then you'd the, – uh, boomer, think about what does the, the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 look like if those conferences can successfully pull off a fall football
1: season without any significant – uh, COVID nineteen related issues. Yeah, that raises a whole lot of questions about you know what does it do to the the reputation of the Big Ten, the Pac twelve in terms of attractiveness to players. There's a lot of angles that have to be figured out. What does it do for player eligibility? I mean, do the players that didn't get to play for the Pac twelve and Big Ten this year do they still get that year back? Does the NCAA allow people to transfer? Sure. You know, scholarship in the immediate future. Yeah, scholarship limits. What does it do to that? I know, you know, we'd already seen. Was it last year? Wisconsin had said they're not going to honor scholarships, or they're not going to extend scholarships for the spring sports last year into this year. So they've already said they're not doing that for that. I can't imagine they'll go back on that and extend it for football. So you know, that raises just a whole bunch of questions on what I can do to competitiveness, what it's, you know, what what it's going to do for recruiting and recruiting efforts for all the schools. And you know, one of the things I jokingly tweeted, you know, yesterday on this was, you know, if, if you told me this was a big, massive conspiracy to just get the Big Ten and Pac-12 to break away and go back to the old Rose Bowl days, you know, at all costs, you know, that you could convince me of that because what else would you be doing differently? I mean, now we're back to almost like the, the Bowl Alliance days where it's just... You know, the Big 12, SEC, and ACC, and just playing for their thing, and Pac-12 and Big 10 are doing whatever they want to do. So, but no, there's serious questions of what this could do to a season. But again, like you said, nobody's played a game yet, so it may not, you know, nothing may happen at all, so everyone could be looking at a shutdown or cancellation.
2: Say what you want about health concerns, whether you are or not, and whether ethically kids should bubble themselves or not when they're in a college community the thing that is just really making me angry about this is that there's no uniformity like it is a joke what the NCAA is doing that they can't all get on the same page this is like saying well the AFC is going to play this year and the NFC is uh gonna move to spring like imagine any other sport trying to do this the fact that the conferences can run amok is shown you what the NCAA has kind of turned into over the last 20, 30 years. And like you said, Boomer, Mark Emmert, just sits there cashing and checks and he doesn't have to do any leadership. And, and, and these are the consequences of that. Now you've got conferences running rogues as if they're all their own leagues, you know, and this is, there were precursors to this. One of honky's favorite things is how the, um, sec can schedule very few conference games and i mean there's no uniformity about any of these things between conferences and now you know when a big issue comes up it's still so we, we could play out so many different ser- scenarios what does it look like if there's four conferences playing in spring and five in the fall but the fact that we got to talk about that is, is, is the is the most embarrassing yeah. thing and frustrating thing about all of so this I want to, to play
0: the Dave I want to play Dave here and ask you the question then Skip because some of our opinions seem to align very well through the the RedCast text thread here um, and I'm curious do you see this as as kind of the beginning of the end or at least something for change with the NCAA itself do you think that maybe Um, after all of this, because people are starting to recognize a lack of uniformity in in all of this, that maybe something like that's going to change. Because I know you work for a college, and you work for college sports, so you get to hear some of the inside stuff that we don't get to hear, which is why I'm happy, actually, you're here tonight. So maybe you have a little bit more on that.
2: I mean, the conferences obviously wield the power here, just as much as NCAA. If that were not the case, then the NCAA would have come out and made a ruling already. Either way, whether we're all going to go to spring or we're all going to try and fall, but we can't do half and half. We're in this together. We are essentially a league. Like, the NBA is a le- one league. The NHL is one league. But Division One football is clearly not one league. It's a bunch of leagues that get together, and every once in a while they play each other. It does seem like we are more than ever... Missing uh, Big Jim Delaney,
3: and I feel like in the sense that this almost reveals to me in some ways that he almost acted as a de facto power five uh, commish in in the sense that uh, obviously leader of the Big Ten had the the Pac 12s ear completely, and then he's a North Carolina guy, so he had a lot of ACC connections. So he essentially kind of had all the connections to kind of wrangle the power out of three of the five you know big big conferences and and that made things work for a long time but uh I don't think Kevin Warren has that that voice whatsoever and and now you have a scenario where sure the Pac-12 went along with the the Big 10 but the ACC now seems more aligned with the SEC than ever before and um that's a little bit of a you know alignment down there that didn't exist previously and so it's a really it's an interesting situation where this could evolve into something very different um it's really hard to speculate on that right now but it it does feel like the ncaa and college football
2: in particular is at a bit of a crossroads from a leadership standpoint and it does seem to point that the p5 doesn't need the ncaa so why are they going to keep letting them yeah. uh, dip their uh wallets <laughs> into that cash flow uh, yeah, when yeah. it doesn't matter you know they're not helping them out here i mean
3: 98% of the nca is is off the basketball tournament right skip so i mean that hasn't been talked about much but i mean if we're not having college football um played in the rest of 2020 how do you expect to start a a college basketball season on time come uh, November, right? I, I mean, think I saw
0: something today where they said they weren't. Sean Miller from Arizona actually put out a statement today talking about... Well, the Pac-12... Being- yes. The
3: Pac-12 actually already said that they wouldn't start until
2: January They won't start any sports, fall right. or winter, until okay. January 4th. Just another difference of conferences. <laughs>
3: but the Big Ten didn't make that statement, Rob, and then the de- other three conferences definitely didn't make that statement. The Big East... And, and other major college basketball uh, leagues have not made that statement. It's only been the Pac-12. So, again, who's who's running the show here? It sure is, doesn't seem like it's the NCAA.
1: Um, I think yeah, the Big I, East actually said they were postponing all sports except basketball at this point. I th- I thought I saw something on that earlier today. There you I'll go. I'll take a look at that, though. <laughs> but, yeah.
3: Oh, that's great. I mean, I, Boomer – what is your take? I mean, it, you know, Frost made the impassioned Zoom call speech on Monday, which I thought he had generally good good press on. And that seemed to be coordinated because he makes the, the case verbally to the, the local reporters that, you know, it's, it's the, the safest place for these kids is within our walls, through all of our protocols, testing, and, and et cetera, um, and that we can do this. And at the same time, Jim Harbaugh releases... A statement. Um, Ryan Day goes to Twitter. Franklin goes to Twitter or, or releases a statement. It seems coordinated. that Some of the coaches wanted to go to go to bat for their players there because they knew something was going to happen on Tuesday. Um, and then what I thought was unusual, and I, this was what that didn't surprise me at all. What surprised me ultimately was after Warren makes the announcement. Nebraska does actually release an announcement that says they're disappointed in the Big Ten's decision. Now, if you see some of the other uh, announcements released by other schools, they have a, a similar tone or vein, like we're disappointed, we're not playing football, blah blah. But everybody else ultimately says, well, we under, you know, understand why that decision was made, or et cetera. Well, Nebraska just took it the extra level and and never really, you know, made that statement. Um, and so that was very conscious, and that was from Ted Carter. All the way down to Scott Frost. Um, and now they've got a lot of backlash on that. Even after Ohio State's Ryan Day today uh, is on air saying, hey, we continue to look at all possibilities of how we could potentially play in the fall. So again, another thing where it seems like the coaches have had these conversations, um, but it, it didn't seem like it trickled upwards on the information chain back to all the 80s and presidents on how this could potentially work
1: yeah and that goes back to i think what we were saying just the the difference in how delaney ran the conference when he was here all that talk in never would have been out no outdoors never would have been made public all this some sort of consensus would have been made beforehand or he would have just gone ahead and done it you know because i was thinking back on this to you know compare like how he would do things and you know, when the Big Ten added Maryland and Rutgers, was that ever talked about? Did anyone have any clue that was even going to happen? We all woke up like no. one random Tuesday and, hey, they're in the conference now. Welcome aboard. You know, what the heck? You know, it, you know he just had that kind of cachet and control over over everybody, and he, he could develop that consensus first. He'd get everybody on the same page before any sort of announcement would be made. This just seemed to be, I, you know, it's a little different, I guess, adding a, adding a program to your conference versus, you know, how do you navigate a global pandemic? But there just seemed to be absolutely no coordination between, you know, where do we want to be? You know, do we have a plan out? How, what are we communicating to the public? Uh, what are our coaches saying? You know, how are we getting the presidents on board with this? How can we work together? You know, you people shouldn't be arguing at that point, can we play a, you know, our own separate season or not? Could Nebraska go ahead and schedule their own games? Can Ohio State do it? That should have been spelled out already. We either can or can't, however.
3: Delaney did that. I don't know how he did it, but I feel like he would have been able to make the case to everyone in the conference. This is the right decision for us to do collectively. I'm not saying that Kevin Warren didn't try to do that. I I think he probably did. Um, He does have 14 different bosses essentially, you know, trying to to pull him in different directions as well. It's a lot of
1: KPS reports.
3: Yeah. Yeah. you You don't want to mess around with that paperwork. But, He clearly didn't. He clearly didn't gain the consensus um, across the board. Um, You know, the vote, you know, earlier on the medical protocol supposedly was 12 to 2 with Nebraska and Iowa dissenting. Uh, And again, we had multiple other coaches saying, hey, we can play. And so he was unable to gain that consensus um, across the board, essentially, um, but yet still had to make a decision and, and ultimately did it. In a way that, again, if if someone like Delaney's running the show, I don't. The optics were always at the front of his decision making. He was always ahead of the game on that. He never would have, I think, allowed the schedule to come out and then five days later, you know, look like he changed his mind. It can get better, but it sure it doesn't look good right now from a leadership
0: standpoint in the conference. So this is where I'm super confused. Um, And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but right now Nebraska. Fans, you, myself, everybody on the broadcast, we're being criticized because we're speaking out against the Big Ten because we don't agree with the decision because we want to play football. I'm not really understanding the backlash. Like, what is this, got to use a Twitter term, bootlicking of the Big Ten that is going on where it's like, oh, yeah, they made this decision. It's the right one. We aren't going to play football till the spring, and if you're not with us, you're against us. I I don't understand this attitude. I just want to see football. I feel like these schools have some of the best resources in the world. They, They have medical staffs. They have the resources. They have the ability to make sure that these kids stay safe. Are other sports going to be able to play? Probably not because maybe they don't have those resources. But college football, if anything, especially in the Power Five conferences, should be able to make sure that these kids stay safe and be able to have a successful season. I just don't get it. I don't understand the backlash at Nebraska for speaking out against it. I I, I don't get it. It's mind-blowing to me.
3: Yeah, the Big Ten does have a, a culture of consensus um, that everybody – goes along. It's somehow a somewhat, um, you know, weird fraternity, I guess, um, in that somehow going against the Big Ten is seen as egregious um, as some of these talking heads today, like Desmond Howard, Michael Wolbon, Big Ten alum, uh, obviously have, have pretty much said, hey, Nebraska, get the heck out. But apparently, and I'm not repeating anything new here. There's plenty of good tweets on this. There's a lot of other things that the Big Ten institutions have done wrong in the last 10 years that seem far more egregious than wanting to play football. Which is Scott Frost painted a very strong picture, not only for his players, but for the university and the city and the state, how important it is from a financial and economic standpoint um, that you know what how we drive the local economy. Apparently, that's that's verboten. Um, but everything else that has gone wrong at, at member institutions over the last decade can be swept underneath the rug. It is disappointing. You know, I, I would say that. I mean, this conversation about I think some of it's a little confusing to me. This idea of like, so Nebraska wants to go play in a different conference this year. I, I feel like people are um, I'm, I'm taking two plus two and getting five. Uh, you know, since there was all these you know new schedules that came out and Like the SEC said, hey, we're only going to play conference only. You take statements from Scott Frost or others from Nebraska saying, hey, we want to figure out how to play in in the fall, and you somehow take this great leap forward that they want to play in another conference in the fall of 2020. Um, They've never said that. Um, Frost made it clear that he was a proud, you know, that we're a proud member of the Big Ten, and if there's a conference scheduled to play, that's what we prefer
0: to do. We want to play no matter who it is or where it is. So we'll see how those chips fall. We certainly hope it's in the Big Ten. If it isn't, I think we're prepared to look for
3: other options. But the Big Ten hasn't provided Nebraska a conference schedule. And I feel like the, the strategy from a long time has been like, look, if, if the Big Ten isn't holding up their part of their, their, their bargain of giving us games to play, uh, then we should have the right to schedule non-conference games, right? Now, I don't know what that looks like. And, and I don't know if it's actually that, that feasible. I really think that, um, I feel like we've kind of played that card far enough at this point, especially if we could potentially pull off a spring season and we probably just need to um, let things cool down. I think there's been a little too much shouting on both sides of the of the fence on this one, but this idea that we wanted to join another conference for one year is ridiculous. I don't think that's the case at all in my opinion.
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned the two plus two equals five Dave, because I just got done rereading 1984 for the umpteenth time. And I keep thinking like, This is just a complete world of doublespeak that's going on where people in their head know, no, Nebraska does not want to leave the Big Ten. Nebraska just wants to play football. And and right now, if there's an opportunity for the team to play football, then – you know what let's do it and everyone knows in their head that that's exactly what is happening here it has nothing to do with wanting to leave the big 10 and all of these people from penn state michigan desmond howard like okay yes i get it desmond here's my raider reference you're an ex raider shut up (laughs) like i mean seriously um god i can't even remember who was the other guy that 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 started oh michael uh, oh yeah i'm sorry there's
3: there's been many others so don't worry
0: or no short of me. I name. forgot he still had a job. I thought he he was a victim of all those ESPN layoffs. So I apologize, Michael Wilbon. No, I don't, because you're an idiot too. But the fact of the matter is, is that all these people are saying all this stuff, like sticking by the Big Ten so much. We just want to play football, and and that's all we want to do. And if you know what, hey, if they want to play a spring schedule too. That's great. Like, cool. Like, 20 Nebraska games in a year? That would be awesome.
3: <laughs> uh, <I laughs> mean, not awesome
0: for the players, per
3: se,
2: I don't Not think, awesome so. for the players, per se. Or, but, to me, but, it still goes back to the NCAA, though. If they would yeah. have just come out and said, hey, we're going to give this a go in the spring. No,
0: you're right, Skip. You are right. None of,
2: we wouldn't be talking about any of this stuff right now. Desmond Howard. We're trying to reschedule, go to another... We would all just be like, Okay, it sucks, heartbreaking, sad, but let's get on board and see what a spring schedule would look like with uh you know, the fact that Yeah, you're right. Some kids are kicked out of the sport essentially, while others get to go play the sport. Is embarrassing and it's that's what makes it frustrating. And now there's no protocols, we're still waiting to see. Oh, can kids transfer now? Right? What about these seniors at it like a school like Colorado State? Can he can this stud senior receiver try to go uh, play in the ACC uh, or get a waiver to play in the SEC? Like, this is like. Everything has gone crazy. The, the lack because... of,
3: of coordination is is mind boggling. To the extent, you know, like from a from a uh, a health and safety standpoint, it's it, the you know Kevin Warren avoided every question in the book yesterday, but he kept on going back to the saying, you know, it's for the health and safety of, of the players. Mind you, he does have a son at Mississippi State who is yet to be you know pulled from from that team for health and safety reasons, but. If whatever medical information the Big Ten has, and, and potentially the Pac-12 has, that gave them the such concern that they cannot play football right now, so many uh, unknowns, as he kept on saying, um, they should be sharing that with the other conferences and high school, uh, you know, associations across all fifty states, because if if that's as serious of a health concern that we can't play Big Ten football, there's no way that we should be playing high school football across the United States. Um, so they need to be disseminating all that information out to everyone who needs to see it um, and understand their concerns because that is a, a, a big split between it's too dangerous for Big Ten players to play and some high school in western Nebraska might be out there running around,
2: you know? Right. Why are you holding that uh, very important information close to your sleeve like it's a, yeah. like it's a, a, <laughs> an ace of your sleeve?
3: Yeah. It's Putin's uh, vaccine or something. Right? right. You know, I mean, like what's what's going on there? Um, that just doesn't add up. Right. So, I mean, I really hope that that, that comes clean here sooner than later, because uh, I, I don't understand how uh, the power of five leagues can make such different decisions at this present moment with should be similar medical evidence um, to look at. But, um, you know, the medical profession has differing, differing opinions as just like um, the college football um, commissioners, I guess.
2: It's a, it's a crazy time, guys. And, you know, um, I listened to um, Larry Scott, Pac-12 Commissioner's press conference uh, when they announced it. And He did say at one point in it that they have a weekly conference call with all the P5 commissioners. And they have had it since uh, this pandemic started. What are they talking about? That that I don't know. I mean, they all must agree to disagree on a lot of information there. That I don't get it.
3: Another thing I'd want to touch on really quick, and anybody else jump in here, is this Idea that um, I've already made the case that I don't think we've been trying to join another conference even for one year. But there's a lot of Nebraska fans that for some reason still want to go back to the Big 12. I, I don't get it personally. I'm, I'm not the type of guy that wants to go back to the X. I just <laughs> You cut your losses and move on in those type of relationships. And uh, who knows if they want you back anyway. And, and the Big 10, this is our first really uh, big argument with them. Um, you don't break up and and, and divorce uh, someone on one argument. You you try to figure out why you're having the argument and try to to move forward on that. Well, well Texas
2: still has some of our CDs, and I really yeah. want. To- <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, I
0: just, I just, I just want Kansas and Kansas State to know that they're never getting their T-shirts back. <laughs>
3: I just, it's just like to be, uh, I, I want people to understand who, are, who I understand your, I guess if you like the big, big 12 order, A, it's changed a lot. First off, you're not going to get Colorado and Missouri. They're gone. Uh, you got West Virginia thrown in there. Um, NTC TCU. It, yeah. it would, if, if Honky was on here, he'd want to talk X's and O's on this. And like, Frost has been building this roster and the strength and conditioning to play in the Big 10. If you switch back to the Big 12, it's just like what Polini suffered going the other direction. You're setting your program back several more years, so you're not going to immediately have success, long-term success. You're going to have to change your recruiting philosophy and your strength and conditioning. So from a football perspective, it's not an easy fix. Amen. Um, and I, I would add that although the Big Ten money in football is amazing, it's $54 million, which is you know, a bit more than the Big 12. Everybody's making tons of money, though, so I don't think that's that's your driving factor. Well, what is from the university perspective, and I'd be shocked, I I could be wrong on this, but I'd be shocked. Uh, Boomer, I remember you and I did a lot of research on this when the idea of going to the Big 10 came up, and one of the co- most compelling things I saw there was, was Penn State, uh, 20 years into their entry into the Big 10, had uh, increased their research dollars by uh, 10 times. It was like went from... Twenty-five million to four hundred million, or something like that. It was huge. It's a huge jump, and we're starting to see that, I believe, at Nebraska as well. The research dollars and grants that you gain from being a Big Ten institution is enormous, um, and the change in, in your academics and your enrollment figures, et cetera. Um, you know, it takes a while for these things to happen, but I think that the hit from an academic and research side would be so big to leave the Big Ten. I just don't think, from a financial standpoint, even if it's in one season, how big of a hit we have from the state and the local economy, and the, and the athletic department, it, it's worth leaving that from a long-term perspective. That's just my take.
1: No, I think you're you're correct on that, Dave. I mean, this year you can't rule anything out, and hell, we may end up in the the Mountain West by the time all this is said and done. And I guess I wouldn't be totally <laughs> Skips shocked. Dream, but yeah, but. Uh, That's that's the one thing people do need to remember. I mean, yeah, we can be pissed off at the Big Ten, and rightfully so. They've kind of bongled, you know, this entire last couple of weeks, you know, bad communication and inability to get everyone on the same page. But, uh, you know, we do have to remember it's more than just the football money, you know, at stake here. That's important. We get it. I, we all understand the impacts to the university, to the athletic department, to the city and state. But like you mentioned, Dave, that academic aspect of it is huge too. We kind of have to think long term on this. Like you said, it can take decades for this to to really start paying the to seeing the dividends immediately. You don't see it right away. This is a longer term build and growth plan for the university. Uh, you know, I I took a look just out of curiosity at the you know. Somebody was asking on Twitter, you know, can't we get the same kind of research and, you know, academic prestige if we go back to the Big 12? Well, you know, I I ran the – I just grabbed the U.S. News and World Report rankings for the universities. You know, not a great, you know, perfect system, but just to kind of see where the the schools and everybody end up. I mean, the Big 12 is at the – the bottom of the academic rankings for your Power Five schools—they yes. are—they are pretty lousy. Tier the tier three
3: schools. Yeah, like the them. highest
1: rated one is Texas, and they're ranked 48th. That would put them. Uh, what are they? That's fourth in the Big Ten, tied with Illinois in academic prestige. Now, you know, we're at the bottom of the ranking in the Big 12 or 139th. So we're, Big Ten. Yeah, or excuse me, Big Ten. But that would actually put us what uh, fifth from the bottom in the Big Ten. We'd still be ahead of Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia. I think is behind Platt Community College in the in the college <laughs> rankings. <laughs> I mean it's that there's that academic prestige they burn into this. Yeah. And like you said, the research dollars are huge. I mean that's a huge you know, we can't forget that's what a university is here for. We can't just be as Harold Lloyd put it, a football stadium with a college attached. We ha- you know, that part of it's a huge part of what we do and what the university's for and we got to you know just keep in mind the long term plan and growth for the university of nebraska and i think the big 10 plays a big role in that getting those enrollment numbers up keeping that research money and getting the nice campus and the buildings and you know the, the faculty that you want yeah
0: they're,
3: that's they're, right. yeah there's
1: no reason these things can't work together and i think the big 10 shows it it can you can be a you can get a lot of football money you can have a successful athletic department no one's going to say ohio state or michigan don't have successful athletic departments they do Yep. You can also that's have a great right. university to go along with that. So, And I think that's what Nebraska should shoot for. And the Big Ten, I think, helps us accomplish that the best. So that's just my opinion.
3: Well said. All right, guys. Anything else we want to cover on this uh, somewhat rapid reaction? I feel like by the time the show is released, uh, everything else will have already changed. So, yeah. you know, we can uh, just keep on doing these shows every few
0: days because God knows what will happen by, by next week. Well, by Friday, we're actually going to be on for a fall season again. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, help us! All right, guys. Well, uh, Skip, I know we didn't talk
3: too much about Colorado State. I feel sorry about that. You're also losing that season, including your uh, precious home game versus the Buffs. Um, well, but, hey, uh, maybe, maybe we can
2: the Pac-12. Uh, you know, post right. from spring too. Maybe we get that uh, back on the books.
3: Yeah, would. I'd. I'd go watch CU, CSU, and Fort Collins in January.
0: That sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, I want to see that new stadium, and since nobody goes there anyway, I mean, <laughs> we might as well, like it'll be easy to get tickets, right? Uh, not for that one. Uh, not after this. That's for certain. I love you, Skip.
2: Yeah, you know who stayed quiet in all this? Or, the bowl games? Yeah. That's the truth. really has you thinking that w- when are they going to come out and start saying some things, especially some of the smaller ones who can't afford a lot of things if they don't have yeah. a sponsorship and they lost all their Big Ten tie-ins. They lost a Pac-12 tie-in. I- That's a good point to get because Mama's
0: Wings on 45th and 72nd sponsoring the Mama's Wings Bowl. Um, I mean, <laughs> how important are those? How, how important are those bowls? maybe we need to start looking at a, at a bigger playoff situation but maybe that's a different discussion yeah that could be for another day but my but my point is is that is it yeah the bulls are being quiet about it but i mean when you watch a lot of those bulls on tv there's nobody there so let's maybe maybe this is an opportunity i don't know
1: well i mean are there are there even enough teams playing to fill all the bulls shots? No. i guess i no. haven't done the well, math well, but- if
2: if you're going to let uh a one in ten Vanderbilt team get into a bowl, then you probably could.
1: That one in ten Vanderbilt team will be ranked twenty fifth. So I mean, well, the one
2: the one be. win they got is because the other team came down. With <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Vander, Vander, Vanderbilt will be that one upset that Alabama gets every year, but Alabama will still make the, the right. national championship. One
2: team game. lost sixty four players right before <laughs> kickoff.
3: Right. Uh... Twenty-fifth ranked Vanderbilt, one in ten. You yeah, look at Alabama's schedule; they played all these ranked oh, teams. Oh man,
2: how much would that make Honky mad? That a one oh, in ten SEC team still gets ranked higher than like a uh, a ten in one Houston out of the AAC. That's right. <laughs> well, SEC bias is still strong.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, listeners, I don't know when you'll get able to hear. Honky and Max voices again. They are obviously taking this extremely hard. Um I think where y'all are. We just had enough enough gumption to try to get on the show and, and share some of our thoughts with you. So hopefully you enjoyed the show and um we we hope to be back soon talking Husker football, whether it's in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. We'll keep on doing these shows. We have the most unlucky podcast in the history of the World, we're going on our fourth season, and it'll be 13 wins and only 30 some games played. Uh, so, uh, one of these years, it's gonna turn around. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast, GBR.